going live right now. Okay. Good, good. Shit, we are here with the late brunch. Yo, hello. <laughs> We've arrived. That's right, we always brunch. <laughs> we had we had first brunch. <laughs> second second breakfast. Second, second breakfast. Yeah, eleven elevensies. Does anybody have elevensies? <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. How's everybody doing this week? Surviving. <laughs> Surviving. That's pretty much all we can do at this point. Live in the dream, yeah. Survive. You know how it is. And entertain ourselves. <laughs> Always. What do, you guys do to, what do you guys do to entertain yourselves? A uh, uh, lot of shit. <laughs> A lot of shit. We put this, we've gotten so bored, we made our own fucking podcast. That's how bad it's been. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? That's, yeah. that's that's how real we had to entertain that's, ourselves. Real 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 talk. That's a that that's a real thing. That's definitely a, there's it is definitely nothing, a real thing. Nothing else on Netflix. There's nothing really out there. So we really got to be our own entertainment. At we peaked at fucking Tiger King. Yes. That was yes, it. that was it. That was the point of no return. Jesus, that's hilarious. I love that. That is hilarious. Well, because and Tiger King was Tiger King was what like that was like. It kind of popped like right before Corona really got bad, but when everything shut down, when everything shut down, it fucking exploded because everybody watched it then. Like they, everybody they, were stuck. they had no fucking choice, yeah, was, they and they're they watching, watched already watched everything else, else on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> and they're watching, they're watching ex Exotic Joe or Joe Exotic, whatever the fuck. He's like sitting there like talking. To, he's like at a dude's fucking funeral talking about how his fucking nuts were like golden nuggets to that boy or some shit. It's like, wait, what? Are you are you at a funeral, dude? You're you you're at a funeral right now, and you're talking about, you're talking about like dipping your nuts in like the golden sauce or some. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, it was too much. It was out of his freaking much. gourd is what he. It is. was too much. That goddamn Carol Baskin. Carol <laughs> It's actually funny because like there was breaking news that Carol Baskin actually sold Joe Exotic Zoo just the other day. And, and that that property that was sold cannot be used as a. Cannot be used as a zoo sanctuary of any sort. Interesting. Oh, so what are they going to do with it? So she's basically Carol Baskin. So Carol Baskin's won. Carol Baskin's won. She won the war. She won. Dude's in jail. She owns his shit. She just sold his shit, and his shit can never be used for fucking anything like zoo related ever again. So like, Carol Baskin's basically just like pissed on this dude's grave. Yeah, pretty much. Fucking Carol Baskin. She's had it planned for a while, though. You know she's had it planned for. Oh, a while. she. It's 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 pretty obvious that Carol Baskins was the chess player of like that whole. Oh, yes. Of that whole freaking like shit show of a documentary. 
Dude, yeah. I think we could probably do an entire episode on just Tiger King. <laughs> that's oh, absolutely. That's easily. That's easily. how serious it is. <laughs> easily. I saw a tiger. God. That, I mean, that was probably the best one. That was probably the best one. What, when what do tigers things? dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Yes. <laughs> My God. Do oh. they dream of Marlin zebras or Halle Berry in her Catwoman suit? <laughs> oh, the days, the days, the days. I'll learn how to play it on guitar if you learn how to, the whole damn thing, man. We'll just do a little. I already demo. know the. I already know the song. Just start. I'll, I'll do it. Is there a fucking app now also where you can do duets with people? You don't even have to fuck. I mean, you can jam. Through an app at this point. Like, that's how it would not. It would. That would not surprise me in the least. I've seen. Actually, it was one of the video games that we were watching. Me and John were watching at the uh, the video game awards last year. It was a video game that would teach you how to play an instrument. Hmm. And oh, like, yeah. that, Rocksmith. That was like. It was insane. It was fucking. Oh. It was like. It's like gone. Gone. Gone are the days of instructors. Gone are the days of like that one on one. It's like if you have some little isolated kid in the middle of like a big giant city with no friends and he just stays at home all day and jams his guitar with that video game the dude's yep. gonna be a fucking master by the age of like fucking 18. Exactly. You know? there's kids that are starting that shit at like fucking seven eight years old and they're already yep. fucking prodigies. proof of that my nephew man i gave him his first guitar set and an amp and like a little plastic like <laughs> pico or whatever it is uh microphone and shit he took that to a whole nother level. He got into Green Day. He got into music hardcore. Holy now shit. he's just like, I want to see where music's going to take me. He's got Good. bands, man, and Good he's like, bring around. He actually just put out um, their first EP. That's fucking that's sick. Bad, dude. That's like, but see, that's that's bad. That's obviously that kid had the like an, art, an artistic temperament. Yeah. And by and by kind of like by kind of like stoking that flame. That's all you to do. Like you gave him, you know, like throw th throw some paintbrushes at him. Throw throw an instrument at him. You know, like. Throw a couple of book, throw a couple of art books his way, whatever, and like, and all of a sudden you watch them, you just watch them blossom, like their their minds are on fire, and like, oh, yeah. you know, like, I and mean, they become like the true. We're starting the off really, really early, like really early, like technology is slapped in kids' hands at a right. really fucking early age, yeah, absolutely. and a lot of it is just pretty much a distraction, you know, kind of giving the parents a break. That's really all it's used for. If not, it would be the same way as back in the day. Like, right. play with some fucking toys right. <laughs> on the floor, right. play with some Legos, build some shit, like, yep. do something. There was not nothing like that. Like, right. But they have now, dude, they have everything they need in the palm of their hand on a daily basis. Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Kids these days are so, like, my daughter's about to be 15 years old this year. I'm fucking scared shitless of what I'm going to have to face. She starts high school this year, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't feel I got I got two daughters of my own my but my oldest is uh, is nine so like so don't don't like I, I got it coming dude don't worry I got it coming oh man it's it's crazy it's crazy the 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 way technology has really advanced kids in general it's it's a whole other level we didn't have that shit no we didn't have it we had to do I it mean, off we had like Game Boys I mean game, we had Game Boys but they, like we didn't yeah we, phones, we didn't. We didn't have the we didn't yeah we didn't have the ability to like just we didn't have the ability to like just Google some shit and get like a work and get like a, and get like a working product you know what I mean it's like yeah to go to a library Encyclopedia Britannica to go to a library right you have an old relative that owned the entire oh, every volume of Encyclopedia Britannica yeah that's right oh my god they were like this fucking they don't have M what am I gonna do about that? <laughs> 
I was trying to look up fucking Mastodon. What the fuck? Which I want to know. Which I want to know. What, what, what is Memento Mori since we're on the M subject there? Yeah. Memento, Memento Mori. Memento Mori is a phrase uh, that originated in the. I'm assuming. It's Latin. Yes. It, it originated in the Roman the Roman eras, basically. But it was primarily used as a as a phrase to remind everyone that you know no nothing is forever. So memento mori uh, kind of literally translates to, it, it it literally translates to remember you will die. So it it was a reminder even even to even even to the Caesars even to the emperors it was a reminder that nothing is forever on this earth. Like you will face you will face your own mortality someday. So it was a. It was a it was it was a very it was a very it was a very Roman way of saying stay humble. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? I was just, just going to say it's basically the, it's basically the Rome, the Roman equivalent of of stay humble, homie. You know what I mean? Cuz or 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 you or you're going to get humbled. You know what I mean? Like you you're going to you stay humble or you're going to get humbled. Either way, it's coming. I love that shit. It, right it's on. coming. Love, There's nothing putting in name origins. Like I love I love shit. Like yeah, that. that's great, dude. Origins behind the names. That's uh that's something yeah. to, to keep in mind every day. Oh Even, hell yeah. No matter what class you're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, absolutely. absolutely. 100%. And I and I think and I think I think it speaks to, you know, also as far as the um we 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 like to think here here in our in our beloved country and our beloved home that we don't really have much of a class system. And for the for the most part, for the mm. most part, we kind of don't like you know, you'll see people getting along from different, you know, yeah. you know facets of society, and you know, I'll, I'll hold the door open for uh, a gentleman or, or a lady, you know, at the gas station just to be polite, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But if we really get down to brass tacks, there is still kind of a class system in this country, and the great, the great equalizer, of course, is always death. Yeah. yeah. Ten out, ten out of ten it's people something. on a long enough on a long enough timeline, it's ten out of ten people it's will it's eventually enough. pass away, yep. and so. When I kind of, you know, got I was nerding out one night when I, I kind of I want to say I rediscovered that I'm, I'm semi-familiar with Roman Roman history from my early 20s, but 20 years later in my life, you know, 20 years later, about I don't know a year and a half, two years ago, I was nerding out on Wikipedia or something, and I remember seeing this fucking logo, and then of course, lo and behold, it's it's like a, it's a thing in the veteran community, of course, too, obviously. So, it's like it's become it's become kind of like a. A statement basically is just remember you're gonna die, dude. And it and it was, you know, it, a statement, bro. right? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, 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 it's it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I think it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you're getting in your in your car and driving down the interstate, you know, if you are if you're hanging out in bars all night, if you're just if you're if you're in a, a university college student, you mm. know, just going to your classes, you never know when that next day is gonna come or when they when the day is gonna come. You know, and it's a good reminder to to be, be, you know, obviously be good people always as much as possible. But remember that your time is coming every day. No, no day is guaranteed here for any of us. Absolutely, absolutely not. Not a, not, a, not a single thing. Oh, man. You know, oh, and holy it's shit. <laughs> there's, yeah, shit. Yeah, shit, man. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's basically so, that's basically the origin, the origin of that when you see that. So, uh, so we have so a comment here from Nikki Larson. They would love the gamer tag or sex position game. Actually, they've played it. They have played it. They, they've played sex position or gamer tag. Um, I, I think like you, Jay, Joe was very knowledgeable on a lot of those. I mean... 
get to a certain age where it all just sort of makes a little more sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you start yeah. reading into things a little too deep, then you just know it ain't what it really is. Listen, yeah. I, I'm innocent-minded, so everything is a gamer tag to me. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I call bullshit. I call bullshit on that immediately. Immediately. He, no. He's got a second no. in his living room. It's not even in his bedroom. It's just chilling in his living room. Like, it's actually in my kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how the turkey defrosts for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Thinking, oh, I gotta get that thing out tomorrow. So, so while, while we're at the topic of games, game. uh, is there a, what what games what are you guys playing, playing now? now? Oh, man. Good question. Um, fuck. Um... I mean, I recently got back into uh, Fallout 76. I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fucking Bethesda fanatic. Um, I've been playing uh, another game called Biomutant, which is fairly new. It's, uh, I, I mean, I'm a fan of single player shit. Like, it's it's been my thing. I'm I'm not too much a a guy on like you know multiplayer shit, especially like first person shooters and shit like that. I think I actually talked about this last time. Like, that was definitely like one of my topics where I don't like. You know, yeah, battle royale games; those things fucking annoy me, so I don't play those. <laughs> what was it? Um, Hunger Games? Exactly. Like, battle royale games is pretty much Hunger Games in every game. So like, right. we, got, we got too many of those. But uh, yeah, I like I like uh, Biomutant. Actually, really caught my attention like recently. I played one multiplayer, which was really good, uh, called Knockout Kings, which John, you actually put me on. It's a fucking dodgeball game. Oh, Knockout oh, City. Oh, Knockout City. It's a pretty intense fucking game. Like, I really dug deep into it. Once he introduced me to it, like, I, I went worlds beyond wherever the hell he was. <laughs> I had to. What about you? What are you gaming on? Oh, man. Well, I'm, I've always been more of a simulation and, a, like, a driving car, you know, cars and shit type of guy. <laughs> so uh, I got really into this new game. It's called SRX Racing Experience. It showed me that show. It's put out by Ray Everham, and if you don't know who he is, he's big in NASCAR. He's a big name in NASCAR and stuff. He was going for more of an experience, and it kind of uh, tailored around like what the IROC series used to be. But they have uh, high horsepower cars, 750 horsepower cars <laughs> on really small fucking tracks, like one third of a mile, three fifths of a mile, shit like that. Not even a full mile. So um, it's all about skill. All the cars are set up exactly the same. Nothing can be changed, and it's all about who's the better driver. And uh, the game focuses more on you know your style and what you want to do with how you drive. And it's pretty fun. It's it's really fun. But uh, I also play a lot of uh, American Truck Simulator. That was my big. Well, you play with a big wheel though. That's and what have, makes it so unique. I have a Thrustmaster uh, TMX for, Pro for Steve. Which Vestigal. which. Fucking uh, here's a little here's a little quip. Thrustmaster was actually one of my old fucking uh, AOL screen the, names. The OG Thrustmaster. I was the original right Thrustmaster. <laughs> Got you. you was I, was gonna, I was I was gonna say I probably you didn't... was an ex Taser face or something. No, it wasn't Taser face. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, I never, I never, I never, I never really had the uh, had the honor of being given given the. Uh, the uh, the nickname Thrustmaster because you know thirty seconds just doesn't do anything for anybody. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even like, for that. Thrustmaster was more for like throttle and like you know it was more gaming. I was actually well, I was actually I was actually just gonna ask like for the for the NASCAR game specifically like do you have a wheel for that one or do you play with a, con a controller because I imagine be like having to physically compete against other human drivers basically on these little tracks in like a, a simulated NASCAR. That's uh, John's got the wheel right He's holding it up right now. So, okay. That's it. 
You can get this fairly cheap. It's like, well, I say cheap, but they're going for under $300 for the, the wheel and that's the metal set. Fairly cheap. Uh, hey, bro, hey, bro, I'm, get, I'm getting out of the army, man. I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be robbing an armored car, like, within, within. <laughs> like, let's go. If you do, let me know. I got your back. I'm still, I'm still, you're paying that for what, still, 10 years? If you rob a I'm bank, still, five, I'm yes. still looking for, I'm still looking for the driver. I need the explosives guy. And I need and I need the uh, I need the dude who sits in the corner and just makes smart ass comments the whole time. Uh, oh, gosh, Gio, God, you're on the crew. You son, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You're in. You're in. I'm the guy that loses doubt in the planet first, and then later on is like, it all came together. I can't believe it. Like I knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, I told you guys it was gonna happen. It was gonna guys. Duh. Now, one thing that I've always been curious about is, is okay, so yesterday I actually had the pleasure to play American Truck Simulator with the wheel. I actually felt like I was driving despite the fact that I actually tipped the truck over. He fucking tipped that bitch right over. He can see it. He's got a 32-inch uh, curved widescreen monitor. Like, the field of view is forever. You get the whole windshield in the front. So I don't know what the hell he was doing and how he did it. He got, he got, you know, engulfed in the fucking scenery. And just, ah. He let himself go. <laughs> yeah. So while we're in the topic of games, real quick, um, I just want to say uh, I got the chance to play the Writers Republic uh, open and closed beta, just the same fucking beta. And um, you know, the the game it's a you know if you're into sports games like SSX Tricky, uh, you know a whole bunch of stuff like that. There was snowboarding, skiing, bike riding. Um, Air gliding, paraplaning, and then you had like a little snow, a little snowmobile as well. Um, oh yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty open, it's an open world game, and you're pretty much riding around doing all these sports. Um, I really don't know how else to explain it. You're doing challenges. You're doing you're doing a whole bunch of other different stuff that pertains to the sports and stunts and tricks. Um, I really enjoyed it. The game comes out in November, so. As always, whether you're in New Jersey or in Pennsylvania, Familia. <laughs> family comes. Family comes with. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so we. Uh, I, don't uh, I, don't even, I don't even know where to start. There's a couple things going on. Um, an Xbox fridge. What? Wait. What? There is a there Xbox is a fridge coming out um, holiday, holiday of this year. Put it up on the whiteboard. Oh, fuck. Wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> we think we're interviewing you. Wait. Is this work at all? Can, can oh, we, we got one. Oh, uh, uh, oh. No. We can't be doing it. We can't. That, that's got... We gotta try. We got. We gotta try to get I've, a. I feel. I feel like they've never watched the show before, Jay. I've watched the show religiously since I started watching it like four episodes ago. So. Oh no! You know I've watched the show. <laughs> I've been in those comments like crazy. No, but what's interesting? What's interesting here is that Gio, this is your second time coming on the show, and a lot has changed since then. Yeah, absolutely, a lot has changed. So what? Let's uh, let's hear it, man. Well, I. Finally got to, uh, 
I guess you could say a point in my personal life where my drive needed to needed to be matched with you know my ambitions and by that I meant like I needed to do what I felt was best for me so I gave up well I wouldn't say gave up I kind of hung up the microphone musically and you know kind of just set it aside I'm not going to say I'm, I'm gone but I definitely set it aside to kind of practice newer ventures and you know trying to get into something else that I feel I can also do. I've been trying to, one of my goals for a long time has been to be, uh, has been to become a voice actor. I wanted to do voice acting because of stupid impressions and shit like that, that I've been doing as a kid. But uh, I figured, you know, I have a lot of dumb shit to talk about. I met somebody else that thank, you know, John fucking introduced uh, me to Joe and, we talk about a lot of dumb shit, so... Just nonstop. We decided, you know, fuck it. It's If if we were to make a show out of it, it would probably entertain somebody. Like, I don't care how many people it is. As long as it entertains somebody, mm-hmm. I've, I've accomplished something. You know what I mean? I made somebody fucking smile, regardless of whatever stupidity that's thrown on fucking camera. And, you know, that's really... For me, that's uh, self-rewarding. Like, personally, it's self-rewarding for me. Like, that's that's really the goal. If anything comes out of it, Fuck it. Fine, I'll ride that wave. But other than that, I'm just looking to really entertain people, keep people happy. Like, pretty much how I would like to be. <laughs> as often as fucking possible. <laughs> so, do you see As of right now, yeah. I guess you could say I'm, like, in hardcore musical hibernation. Just so I could put a lot of my focus on, you know, my uh, the podcast and, you know, over my my next move. You know, I'm really trying to evolve and advance to what I feel is the next stage of my life. Like, you know, I've, I've written so many chapters in my life with bands and, and and, you know, jobs and all this other shit. And I think it's time to try something new. I've never been somebody to really ride the hamster wheel for too long. Like once it once it becomes too repetitive, I, I need to hop the fuck off. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much where 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 I get it. Like I need to I need to feel progression. If I don't feel progression, it doesn't give. I don't feel the drive for it. Right. I can there. hear you there. I gotta fix this thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> damn phone fell because my. But yeah, like as far as music coming back, maybe we'll see. Only time will tell. <laughs> Hey guys. Hey Joe, uh Joe, I see you uh what, what, what are you drinking on there, dude? What are you drinking uh, on there? This is the uh I'll give you a see if I get a close up of oh, that. Oh Yingling. Or light, dude, or light lager. Light so, Yingling? The beer you of guys, our people. Dude, you you guys don't you guys don't understand like how cherished Yingling is in like 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 out west because we don't get it. So anybody anybody that's friendly. No, it does not get it does not get sold west of. They actually just well, just screwed that. If no, I wanted to start drinking no, it, no, it's only just come down south recently in the past maybe recently, ten years. Yeah, they just they just recently started expanding west of west of the Mississippi River. But it was like it was literally like you could be in St. Louis, Missouri, and there is no Yingling to be found, and you drive like thirty miles. You, you drive like thirty. Mi- you drive like thirty miles into Illinois, and there's Yingling. You know what I mean? Like it's literally like it's like it was like that, and they just recently started expanding. But it hasn't hit like like I, I live in Colorado. Like it hasn't hit Colorado yet. 
But like, oh, like, in, like in the army, oh. like anytime I go like TDY to like Fort Bragg or like Fort Benning or whatever, like that's all I fucking drink. And it's like, and it's like your, and it's like your guys' yeah. cheap beer, and it's your cheap beer. That's it like is beer. It's our cheap beer, Dude. but it's because it's got so much history and it's so local. But I gotta tell you, if you go, if you get a Yingling Lager from near here, here in Potts, because uh, I'm kind of close to Potts, Pottsville, Pennsylvania, where or Pottstown. Pottsville. I don't know how I didn't realize that. Pot, what? Uh, Pottsville. Say pot. 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 Pottsville, Pennsylvania. He said <laughs> pot. That's all I heard. <laughs> you have a lager from Pottsville, Pennsylvania, it will taste different than a lager that you can get down in, say, like Fort Benning, Georgia. Oh, I wonder why. The water, the minerals in the water are completely different. So it, yeah. interesting, interesting, interesting little side story about Fort Benning and, and me and Yingling is when I went to ALC. So when I was a when I was a buck sergeant getting ready to pick up staff sergeant, I had to go to ALC. Right. So I went to I went to Fort Benning for 45 days to the school and where our schoolhouse was and where we were barracks, you know, where our barracks were was right next to like the airborne towers. And so we would go to the airborne shop at and I'm telling you guys for 45 days straight. The minimum, the minimum amount of Yingling I drank for 45 days straight, I would get three tall cans of Yingling, and it was four for for four dollars and ten cents. So basically, I got the equivalent of a six pack for four dollars and ten cents. You can't go wrong. I'm I drank. I drank. I drank Yingling for 45 days fucking straight. I'm talking like it was a like that was the minimum. So like the the nights we actually partied. Like that wasn't even like a blip on the radar. That was like that was like the that was like uh that was like your appetizer. You know what I mean? Like that that was that was like on a night I was studying. I'd still drink like three tall cans of fucking Yingling when I was studying. You know what I mean? Like I can't do the heavy anymore, so we had to switch to light because it just the, oh, the mud butt and the, uh, the mud butt you know, <laughs> the mud butt that you get in an all day affair, and it was just terrible. It didn't matter what you were eating; it just was sludge coming out. So oh, shit, it was yeah. Terrible. In uh, growing up, growing up in Arizona, you know, working construction stuff in in Spanish and slang, we'd call it mezcla, and mezcla mezcla is like. <laughs> It basically just means mud, you know what I mean? It's it's mud, but like it's like it, when 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 you're when you're sitting there like um in the in the in the porta shitter at a construction site, and it's just you're just like oh my god, last night, what the fuck, you know? It's just, it's just fucking mud, you know? Like, Geo, oh, <laughs> you poor bastard. Whenever I do decide to drink, which is only on like special occasion, I like lager. Like I'm I'm a fan of lager. Like I like uh you know IPAs. I'm a huge fan of IPAs and shit like that. Like. I like that flavor shit where it has some yeah. kind of twist to it. But know? that's but those are but those are also not beers that you want to sit there and chug like twelve of. Oh no, absolutely. I, I drink right. one and I'm already feeling like yeah. Also because right. I'm a fucking lightweight. I'm start like, start getting the squirt squirts. This is really yeah, done. More of a special occasion because of our uh, guest appearance here. So <laughs> um, typically we're more well, into the. Uh, Flowery stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you very much for making me feel like I'm not the only alcoholic on this fucking show. You know, because like the only one that ever drinks. Cheers. Yeah. There you go. Cheers. 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 <laughs> what was that? What was that on like South Park? Like cheers, cheers, fuck face. Cheers. You know, like yeah. cheers. <laughs> cheers, cheers, fuck face. So. So. Um. Uh, 
I don't, what, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with? Well, we, we got your updates with Geo. Do you got anything else going on? You got your Cobalus designs. You got Cobalus designs happening. Um, can you talk about the move? Um, what uh, the the trip that you're about to take? Initial idea. Well, I'm actually planning to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be out by you soon. Really. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, visiting um, Arizona in okay. October, which is the 14th and the 17th. Um, I believe. Uh, shit, Strat? No, Scottsdale. Scottsdale, outside of Phoenix. Yeah, just outside yeah. of Phoenix. Okay. East yeah. Of I grew, Phoenix. Okay. I grew, yeah, I grew, I grew up. I grew up in Tucson, so yeah. Right, very, so... very, very, very familiar with like all of Arizona, basically. So. All right, so then there you go. But yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, I grew up there. I have an opportunity to actually, you know, actually, like move out there permanently. Okay. I've been really, really contemplating and really thinking it over, and I might actually do it. So that's one of, you know, a big move that I'm, I guess, the the big move that John is referring to. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm tr really trying to just – Start a new, like start a whole new chapter, and that make that means I have to make big changes, and that okay. means I gotta get the fuck out of Jersey for one. Like I've been here uh, almost thirty years of my life. You know, I had my right. daughter here. Like, well, not here. It's not here. Not here. This is not Jersey. No, not here. Mm -hmm. In Jersey, I had my daughter there. So, like, you know, I, I every band that I've had, everything that I've done successfully in any way. I did in New Jersey, so I feel like I've sucked New Jersey dry of all that I can. You know, I got to do it elsewhere. <laughs> I can, I can, I can completely relate because uh, just prior, like almost immediately prior to me joining the army, I didn't join the army till I was 29. Um, but I, I, I had gotten married. I got married when I was 27, all right. and uh, we got married in Tucson, and then we, me and my first wife, we moved to, we actually moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where I was born, but I had not, I had not lived there, I had not lived there the vast majority of my life. We moved when I was like four years old, so like all I knew was Arizona, right? Yeah. And, but I think it speaks volumes to when, when we moved, when me and my first wife moved to Kansas City, I felt free for like the first time in like a long time, because I had grown up in Tucson, I, I felt like I was spinning my tires, I was... You know, I was 20, 27, 28 years old. The most money I ever made on a, at a tax-paying job was twelve bucks an hour. I remember, I remember digging ditches on job sites with a fucking, um, a goddamn um, a jackhammer with a spade. With, with, with a spade. <laughs> that's how hard. That's how hard the ground gets out there. It's called caliche. So like the ground is as hard as rock. So you use a spade bit on a on a jackhammer. You, you you go down. You wiggle it. You know to kind of loosen the loosen the earth. You you pull that thing that eighty pound jackhammer up. Move it back about 12 inches. Do it again, you know. And, and digging like digging like 200 foot lines for irrigation in like the July sun for like eight bucks an hour, right? Oh, like God, fucking toasted. So lo long long story short, we, you know, when I moved to Kansas City with my first wife, I felt free, and then that kind of went to toast like very shortly after. Which to this day, whatever, we're on a podcast, so I'm not going to get into all that shit. But yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, like so. I'm driving. I'm driving back. I'm driving back to Tucson to live with my parents for the first time in like ten years, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? Oh my god!" You know, like, and that was when I that was when I decided to join the army. That was I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to war, dude!" Like, you know, like marriage marriage completely failed. I'm going back to Arizona with my tail between my legs. 
I'm not going back to Arizona. I'm going to go back to Arizona for like for like as long as it takes me to get right the fuck back out. Because it like just the, the, the very short, I think it was like six months, six, maybe seven months that I was in Missouri, you know, after living in Tucson for 25 of my first 29 years, it just expanded everything. I was like, oh, my God, this is what I needed. I needed to not be where I grew up, you know, and it changed Absolutely. the whole dynamic of, of life, basically. And then and then I joined the Army, and it's been 12 years. But back to you, though, Gio, is like that's it might not be the worst thing. I can relate to that. I can Absolutely. relate very heavily to that, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, but that's, so yeah, that's awesome, man. Now, Joe, um, who is who is a, who is a veteran? He's one half. You know, we have a rock star. Well, actually, a jack of all trades, entrepreneur, artist on one side, and then we have a veteran who works at a cemetery. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh... Uh, I went and joined the Army back in 2010, got out in 2014. I did nine months in Kuwait. Uh, we just fixed a bunch of shit there. No, non-combat tour, you know, but um, still. What was, your, what was your what was your MOS, Joe? 91 Charlie, utility equipment repairer. Where did My you go job. to basic training? I went to basic training at um, in South, South Carolina? Jackson? Jackson, relaxing Jackson. I'm sorry, man. Relax. I smoke so much weed, Jay, I forget my fucking name. It's okay. Sometimes. Bro. No, the re- no the re- the reason the reason I asked is because I the, re- the reason I asked is because I also joined in 2010 and I started I started my career as a mechanic. So my original MOS is 91 Lima. So I was an Alpha 360th. Okay, so, so I did, but I did I went to Leonardwood. So I was at I was at Leonardwood for basic and Leonardwood for AIT. You, I'm assuming you went to Fort. Where'd you go for AIT? Was that Fort Lee? Lee, Fort, yeah, that's it. Fort Lee, Virginia, that's it. Yeah, see, I stayed, I stayed at Leonardwood because my MOS is kind of attached to the engineers. Okay. So my my AIT was actually at Leonardwood, but so you went to Fort Jackson, Fort Lee, and then where'd you get stationed at? Benning. Oh, nice. You got stationed at Benning. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I was on main post with 598th uh, maintenance, and then they uh, they came back from Afghanistan. <laughs> okay. Within like two months. Of me getting in there, and um, the uh, sergeant major up on Kelly Hill for a third third uh, ID came down and was like, "Hey, you gotta um, you gotta come with me. You're mine now, basically." Because I was the only AC guy. I was one of two AC people, 91 Charlies. So they took my ass right the hell because they disbanded 598th, and then uh, and then that was it. That's all she wrote. I had. I hate to say it, but uh, I got out for the same reason many other veterans did as well, and that was because we saw the toxic leadership sure. that had been promoted throughout the ranks and <coughs> lower enlisted like shit, and we were tired of it. Sure, and you're and and, and depending and depending on where a a service uh, a soldier is, you know, either lucky enough or unlucky enough to get stationed, it can change their entire career. I'm talking from. From from the beginning, like literally, literally out of, out of training, it can it can literally like just by picking that one little lottery ticket, like this is where you're going to get stationed out after training, can change the the course of your entire career. You know, because if you if you have an extremely negative um, experience, you know, environment, whatever, on your first contract, especially if you're an 18, 19 year old kid, I why would you expect somebody to stick it out? Why would you expect somebody to to try to push forward and 
like oh, there's yeah. there's people there's people out there that have a lot of a lot of resilience. You know, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there that have plenty of resilience and you know plenty of ability to to bounce back from stuff. But it's not everybody, you know. And it's yeah. when you have those negative experiences. Like I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking. Like you go no, ahead. Dude, you're good. It was. I just want to say like it wasn't all bad. You know. Right. I had I met a lot of good people. You know what I mean? Right. I left out a lot of lifelong friends now, and I was just talking to I, – I call I call maybe five or seven different people every now and then. You know how we right. are with, with communication. You know what I mean? So, sure. like, just check in, do your battle buddy check on them. You, I've done it more now so since what's happened with the – and I don't want to get – I don't know if you guys get into politics much on here, but with everything going on with Afghanistan – and what oh, we, we talk we talk about Afghanistan on here. That's fine. Yeah, you know, with all the shit that happened out there in, in the recent weeks, um, I've I've made sure to call the people who I feel it would have affected the most, and ensure that their mind is in a good place and that they understand that their service matters, and that if they have any issues, they can call me. They can talk to me any time of night. I will answer the phone. I'm all about that shit. But, uh, Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Other than that, though, my fucking time in the army wasn't all bad. I had a lot of fun learning um, how it actually operates, mm-hmm. how um, you know discipline and, and and motivation can help, even though if it's even if it's fake motivation, you know. Yeah. Um, false motivation. That shaped false my mo- life. I mean, shit. false motivation better than no motivation. <laughs> motivation is the key. Who? <laughs> so I got out in 2014 though, and uh, it's been—it's—I uh, don't know what other veterans are going through. I haven't talked to too many others other than my brothers that I keep close contact with. But the few that I do talk to, some of them are in the same boat as me, where it's like you kind of float around a little bit till you find your place. And I feel like I found my place here at the cemetery. Um, I work at—I don't know if I want to give it out on, on, on live here because we're doing things. Yeah, right. not, so not like I work that. at a pretty <laughs> <laughs> here in Pennsylvania. I'll just say okay. that. And I fucking, I love it. You know, I'm helping people every day, even if it's like through a really shitty process, you know. Sure, um, sure. Anyone that's, a part, that's, a, that's a big part of our society that gets extremely overlooked. Our society is very, very life focused. Mm-hmm. And they almost, it's almost like, as almost like even growing up in, in, in the United States, like, Death just gets overlooked until it happens. It's like we we are going 900 miles a minute every day of our lives, and then death death happens sometimes. And then, right. you have, and then but 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 then you have to deal with it along with your 900 mile a minute life. You know what I mean? Right. And it's and people it people it doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. Life doesn't stop for death. People you fall know. hard. People fall hard when it happens, especially when it happens very suddenly. You know. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, you know, it's a it's a good trade to get into if it's something that you were looking into. Well, tell if me, you, I want to hear more about you helping people. Like, I want to hear like like you, you you talked about it being very like emotional emotionally gratifying. Like, I want to hear more about that because that's like on the first day. Uh, I got to help a dude with getting his ass off the ground because this dude was five hundred fucking pounds, Jay. All right. And he wanted to go put flowers on his grandmother's va- on his grandmother's spot, which I'm all for it. My first day working there, my manager's with me, and we take this guy in a wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair. All right, and uh, yeah, he just hit some kind of dip, and he just went. Oh, oh shit! 
Oh, the dude, the dude was over 500 pounds, so like he had these spandex pants on because I guess they don't make anything that's. And it, it when he hit the ground, his ass jiggled in such a way that the spandex just and his ass out for all of God in America to see. Oh yeah. His home health aide that was there, she just she kind of stood there. She's a toothpick. She didn't weigh like but maybe 95 pounds soaking wet. She just stood there like, ah, oh, here we go. We almost had to call the fire department to help pick this guy up off the ground. That was it was that bad. Holy crap! Yeah, it took me and another guy and our manager Jess and the home health aide. It took four people to lift him up and get him in the chair. But you got him. Dead weight. His one knee didn't work. So so and then so what, what and then what are some of the other like <laughs> so there's stuff like <laughs> it's like. I was so happy so I wasn't the only one that laughed until I fucking love that shit. Thank you so much for letting that out. I hope this is so happy. So if this guy ever comes across this podcast and hears it and decides to sue me, man, I am fucking sorry. No, no, no. It's one of those things that happens. Like, what are you going to fucking do? Like. You're in a fuck. You're in a motorized wheelchair, and you fall over, and your ass gets blown out of your freaking pants. Like it's one of those like, dude. You you know whoever that dude. You know whoever that dude was visiting. If like if there's an afterlife, and they were watching that, they were laughing so hard. You know they were laughing. Like they, they get you know like, but. <laughs> God damn it, dude! Like, it was totally, yeah, totally not where I was expecting you to go with, with my question. State <laughs> too, like, oh. So I've helped the guy up off the ground. Yeah. Um. That's <laughs> what about the emotion? What about the emotional help? What about the emotional help? <laughs> yeah. How do you? Yeah. How, this is a. This is. I have PTSD from that shit, my bro. Just <laughs> fucking alone. It's haunted my dreams for fucking. Well, uh, I've been there for a while now, so like almost every night, every time I closed my eyes, there would be a, just a flash of the Jello Booty incident. And I am curious I am though. Curious. I am curious though. How do you get? How do you get yeah. someone like comfortable enough to talk about you know either by their grave or like a family member's grave? Like how do you how do you break that ice? Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. So most of the time, well, you're slick with it. You fucking try to reel me in, like. Without even wanting to, like you were just fucking around. Him. I don't know how the hell he got into the conversation. I was convinced for that. He tried to sell you a gravesite. Yo, are you kidding me, Yo, You really sounded very, I already, very I, convincing. I already have one. I already have a gravesite. So uh, I walked on it. I walked on you it. Did. Yeah, John. Yeah, John's. John's been there. John's seen it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Where is it? Here we go. Here we go. It's out. It's outside of. It's it's outside of Kansas City, Missouri. It's it's in. Uh, I guess the zip code. It would probably count as the town of Buckner. But there's this little. There's this little. There's this little old country church on top of a hill, and like the majority of my, a lot of my immediate family, and then generationally going backwards, it are buried in that cemetery. And so when my. When my uh, when my grandpa when my grandpa on my when my grandpa on my dad's side passed away a few years ago, he owned three plots in that cemetery. Okay. So one of those one of those plots he gave to me. Wow. And then and then plots. and then my and that 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 speci the specific plot that he gave me is immediately next to him. So where he where he's buried right now, I will be buried right next to him. What about your wife? 
I am not. I am no longer married. I'm a twice. I'm twice divorced. I have a. I have a beautiful and wonderful girlfriend right now. Uh, that was the. That was the. The young lady that texted or that messaged us earlier on Facebook. That was Nikki. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So, My apologies. Okay, so, no, you're okay, fine. So, so fine. you have the space, right? Yes. Do you, yep. do you do you know what else you have? Do you have a vault? Do you have a, an opening and a closing? They don't do. do no, 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 they don't do. No, 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 they don't do vaults out there. It's it's, it's, it's either. It's all in. It's all in ground. It's not going to be in a vault. It's like all in ground. This well, cemetery. You have, to have an outside burial container. You must have an outside. So a concrete vault is no, what you no, put the cast not in Missouri. Put into the ground. Not in Missouri. No. They have different rules in Missouri. Yeah. Well, there's 50 different states, 50 different rules on how you bury your dead. I guess I mean, so. Shit. In PA, no. I know we have to have my, an outside burial container. It's fun. It's funny that you mentioned that actually, because when when my when my grandpa 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 passed away a few years ago, you'll you'll probably find this interesting. He went due to the month due to the month that he passed away, the ground was still frozen. So they had to wait until they had to wait until the thaw to put to put the body in the ground. Like that's like, yeah. So like yeah, there's no we don't have to do vaults in Missouri, dude. Like that doesn't exist. Like that does not exist in Missouri. Interesting. So like my my grand my, my last grandparent my grand my grandma on my mom's side my mom's mom just passed away, uh, a few months it was a couple months ago and then so when we went there she was she was cremated, but. Her husband, my grandpa, was already in in his plot, and so all we all they did was that they dug down about, I don't know, three feet probably, and we put her container on top of, basically where my grandpa is, because he's also cremated, and then we just and then we just threw our flowers in and we covered it up, and me and me and a few other men in our family, Ow. covered covered it up. Oh. Like, Dude, that's what we do. Like that's that sucks as fuck, man. That's what we do, man. Like that's that that's. That would be more. That would be more of a. I don't necessarily want to call it a midwestern tradition, but that is a normal. I know. I, I have a buddy that his family's from from the Gulf Coast of Texas, and like that's what their family does. Like you bury you bury your you bury your own. Like so the 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 the, uh, the cemetery the cemetery the cemetery will dig the cemetery will dig. Like yeah, that's. And then the family and then the and then the family the family will do the first few shovel scoops. But in my in my grandma's. In my grandma's scenario, the hole was so shallow. Just me and a couple of the other men in the family. My my dad, uh, one of our cousins, we filled we filled the whole hole. Like we filled it up. Like. Oh, you froze. Oh, there he is. Family he has is. been. Sorry, but yeah, my my family has been members of this church for over a hundred years. Oh, so shit. like, so not just not just that's the cemetery. Awesome. Yeah. That's that makes, just, that's, just, that's why. That's it's fun. not just the cemetery. It's the it's it, it's the, it's it's attached to this little church, and so like that's the area that's the area outside of Kansas City, Missouri that my family generationally going back is from. So like it's all interwoven and very tight knit, you know, type shit. And like that's that is a norm. That is a norm in our world. Like when you're when 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 somebody goes when somebody in the family goes down to die, like you bury them. You know what I mean? Like you you put you you put the last pieces of dirt on them. Like that's your job. Like the next, the next generation or the surviving generation buries, buries their own. And then, and you keep moving fucking forward. That's it. Like so do you guys use backhoes you, or do you just, are all the holes hand dug? No, 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 no. There's back. No, 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 no. In, in some of the bigger cemeteries and even, even in that cemetery, they will use a backhoe, 
but some of those cemeteries are so tightly packed you can't get a backhoe in there. So you could get you could get like you know some a lot of it has to be hand dug because some of these cemeteries are old, some of them are built on hill. Uh, there's shale. There's a lot of shale yeah, out there. Suck. Shale yeah. sucks, dude. Shale, shale yeah. fucking sucks, dude. So you know you're talking. There are there are the new the newer cemeteries. Yes, you'll have backhoes and and depending on where a I guess a plot is located. If it's alongside a road, yes, obviously you can use a backhoe. Right. But if you're like if you're like three rows back, and they're all so tightly packed, like you're not gonna get a backhoe in there without fucking up like ten gravestones. You know what I mean? Like oh, so you, oh, so, you dig, so you yeah so you dig no, so you dig that, that bitch you you dig you dig down you dig down to the sod level and you fucking you roll the sod off and then you've got your fucking dirt and then you just fucking start digging straight down. That's how you dig it. That's how you would dig it in in Missouri like Missouri. Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, parts of Ohio, um, a little bit farther, a little bit farther uh, Ohio, or not Ohio, excuse me, Iowa <laughs> to the north, uh, Iowa to the north, Nebraska. That that, that little pocket of the country, that's kind of how all that ground is out there in the plains. That's all the all the ground is. Right. You really only have to worry about shale. You, dig, dig, the, the fucking tectonic plates, dude. It, dig, digging is digging is not that hard. Digging is not that hard in Missouri. It just it's time consuming. That's yeah. all it is. That's all it is. Is time consuming, like digging. Oh, yeah. Digging in Arizona is digging in Arizona is f- fuck digging in Arizona. Period. How about that? You yes, you need a backhoe every time. You know what I mean? Like every fucking time, because Absolutely. fucking because it'll take you fucking three days to dig a hole like that in Arizona. You know. Oh damn. So, so have you so, have you guys had any guys like paranormal experiences <laughs> at cemeteries? Mm-hmm. I'm talking I'm to talking the three to of you too. I've, I've had one, which was uh, a long time ago, actually, and it was in uh, I think North Carolina, South Carolina, closest to Georgia, so it was probably South, South Carolina. Carolina. I'm I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we actually we took a video camera to this place, and we were actually there to just fucking blaze. The people that were hosting us, I guess you know, drove us up to this little semi and I, we were kind of talking about it prior and I had this video camera because I was just visiting down there. I was with my sister, one of her friends, and I think these two fucking cops, one guy, or whatever the fuck it was. But when we went into the cemetery, uh, I was basically just walking by and just recording the pathway as I was walking, using the light to kind of guide me to wherever the fuck I was going. As I'm going through the cemetery, I'm actually you know, filming like plots and shit. Like I'm just looking at all the shapes of the tombstones, just being a fucking kid. <laughs> we uh, we record all this shit. Uh, a bunch of other shit happens. It freaks my sister out, so we decide to fucking leave and go back home. So I was like, I'm gonna go fucking check out if I caught anything on camera. And she's Whoa, all wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the shit that was freaking your sister out? Well. Alright, so on our way back to the car, because my sister and her friend were in the car rolling another blunt. So <laughs> they said they said that they heard something running at full speed towards the side of the car. And they were screaming their fucking head off. I'm talking about they were screaming bloody murder. And they saw us come up off the hill because like so they knew we you walked, 
Know, yeah, so, so they goat. so they, they they knew you guys weren't they knew you guys weren't anywhere near them. Yeah, but no, they heard, but they heard up the hill in the cemetery because that's what I wanted to go see. And my sister's fucking freaking out, screaming. We heard the scream and walked back to the car. When we walked back to the car, they're there fucking holding the door closed and shit. And we're like, okay, so I guess we're getting the fuck out of here. And they're like, let's go. We gotta get the fuck out. All right, bet. So we all left. When we got to the house, I decided to check the footage. Like I wanted to see what the what the path was, whatever the fuck I caught. When I went to look at the footage, it didn't let me see anything. The tape just was blank. Mind you, I recorded. Like I could tell I recorded because the light I was using to fucking guide me along. Right. I'm talking about an old camcorder with yeah, a yeah, it only white. yeah that light yeah. Yeah, that light only oh. comes up. That only that, that light would only come on if you were only if you if were recording. Record. If you were so recording. it recorded, but nothing was caught on the footage. It was just blank, absolutely blank. Like he like, didn't want me to record whatever the fuck was there. That's like some fucking Jody. That's, that's like some Jody sick. Foster like contact shit. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. There there was there was there. We didn't really get much, but there was totally 19 hours of static. She wasn't lying. She was, <laughs> she was gone for 19 hours. You know, like, okay, Roger, Roger that, Roger that. What about you, Joe? You ever have some like creepy ass shit? Happened to me in the cemetery. The other thing that's happened to me, I was wasn't really creepy. I was just fucked up on acid with two of my friends, and it was very stupid. <laughs> that was about it. That's, that's your own story. fault. That is your own fault. That's my that's my that own, own fault. Self inflicted. It may or may not have actually happened. Yeah, I don't think it happened though. <laughs> I can't really speak on that good a trip. I can't speak on any experiences I've had at the cemetery other than when I first started as a sales guy, um, I was taking a piss in the one bathroom and I heard someone go in my ear, so that kind of oh, freaked me out. But yeah, nothing has everything. happened. Nothing like that's happened since, but I've had experiences in other places, other things. You know, um, there was somewhere down near Gettysburg here we went to, and there was some kind of folklore about dude on a horse. We get to this one gate where you can go into this park or some shit and uh, got out, and all we heard was clop, 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 like walking around the car. And I was like, we gotta go. We gotta go now. We gotta go. Like, that's too much. I can't deal with it. I was younger. I didn't know what I was dealing with. But now I'm all into, like, paranormal shit. I, I go wondered. with, like, ghost shit all the time. Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> fucking nothing. I have always... It's not accurate for shit. Right. I have but always... I have always been fascinated with the kind of... Uh, I don't know if you would call it, like, the echoes in time theory of, like, paranormal activity. Yeah. Where it's okay. basically just... It's basically just there was such a an immense amount of energy, kind of dispersed at one time that it, it just repeats. Basically, it's like it's basically like watching a an echo in time. Basically, like you're watching you're watching something. What's that? Limestone holds energy like that, and that's the kind of shit that'll happen where it's on like a loop, and it'll happen on like right. a certain date or at a certain time it's, each night. You know, and and I want I want to I want to clarify too that I'm extremely extremely like agnostic, whereas like I don't necessarily believe or disbelieve anything, mm-hmm. but I, I I more I more follow the I guess the uh, the more scientific method of like what 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 I, what I can see, what I can do, what I can prove in any given exactly. moment. I'll tell you However, what, check out check out well, on our podcast here. Actually, yeah, uh, we actually got some really good footage on uh, on our podcast from his sister. 
and uh, you, well, you should definitely check out the two clips. They well, and that's kind of that's kind of what what I was prefacing is basically like I I've had experiences in my life that I don't necessarily have the capability of explaining yeah. outright. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and that's one of the one of the stories is when I li- when I lived in you know growing up in Arizona, growing up in Tucson, uh, and this is in my early adulthood. This would be like I was being my well into my twenties at this point. Um, oh, and I was also I was also uh, sober at the time. Um, so I didn't have the, I didn't have the excuse. I didn't have the excuse of like, we had just gone to the bar or whatever, you know, like I was, I was sober. I was sober for about three, not not quite three and a half years, uh, in the middle of my twenties, like completely sober. So me and a buddy of mine, um, went to this old cemetery down a road that's, it used to be kind of outside of Tucson. It's now part of Tucson basically, but it was way out in the desert and it was a cemetery, just like an old an old Western cemetery, like for like, you know, people that lived out there, but going back, going back all the way to like the, the basically the wild West days. And me and my friend, we used to, we used to go to the cemetery and chill out and it, you know, this is at night and we would just, it's very peaceful out there. So we would just kind of go there and walk around and, and bullshit. Cause you know, we would take a drive and it would take 20 or 30 minutes to drive there. And then we'd chill out there for a little bit and we'd drive home and that was our night, you know, whatever. So this one night we go there and we go we go through kind of like the entrance gate, and of course there's nobody out there. It's 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 dead silent. It's it's a desert at night. You know, it's dead silent. You know, and we didn't make it past the we didn't make it past the open like the the opening of the gate before it was just like something was a little off. Uh, now we now this is me and my the, to, to understand the story I guess is my friend me and my friend were very no fucks given at all times. You know what I mean? So it's like. Okay, we're fucking scared. Well, guess what? We're just gonna go towards that thing that's making us scared, anyways. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. You know, YOLO, right? Like, so we we still walked around tool. the cemetery. Rambo, Rambo. We 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 walked around the cemetery. Nothing really major to report, other than that feeling of unease just kind of didn't go away. And then we got kind of back towards where the the entrance was because it was it's a big archway entrance. And we got back towards where the entrance were, and it was like all of a sudden like we weren't alone. And whatever we, whatever was not, whatever other thing was there, was back towards in in the cemetery where we, where we had just walked from. But it was like right there now, and we couldn't, we could not see anything. Now, mind you, it's it's oh. nighttime, it's dark. There was no, uh, I, as I recall, there wasn't very much moonlight that night, so it was pretty, it was dark. But you could still mm. kind of see. You had ambient light from Tucson, you know, you have, the, you have the ambient city light, so like you can kind of see because of the ambient light. But you know the. But we couldn't see anything, but it was like, whatever this is, it's right there. It's like 30 meters in front of us, and it's just like waiting for us to like get the fuck out of here. So me and him were just kind of like, all right, we're getting the fuck out of here. And then we just got into our car, and we... Intuition speaks way louder than anything else, man. That's really what... And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really... I'm not inherently a, a believer. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really... A lot of things. I don't. Yeah, I just don't care. It. Like it's really ultimately what it comes down to. Is I just don't fucking care. I don't care. I'll find out yeah. when I fucking die. I don't yeah. give a. I don't give a. You know what I mean? At like, some point in human history, there was we had encountered something yeah. akin to what you had encountered, and it scared the fuck out of us. And that stayed within DNA through generations. Probably. So you don't even realize. That your body can respond to things around you without, you know, just that's, energy. And, well, that's not, correct. You know, well, that's like so. some people. Some people uh, in, like, in the, especially in the Midwest, are prone to 
uh, noticing uh, when the barometer drops, like when a tornado's coming. Oh, yeah. Like, the yeah, sky's gonna I didn't even think about that. The sky's going to be clear, but... rain out here. I got a headache from that shit now, you know? That fucking barometer fucking drops, dude, and all of a sudden it's like... You 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 don't you're like okay everything looks everything looks okay what the fuck what why am I freaking out right now you know what I mean right. like that's pretty much what it is I mean that's it's a it was it was a gut feeling it was a it was a feeling more than anything we didn't see shit it was it was a feeling more than anything but that was the only time like cemeteries have never scared me like I, I could spend the night in a cemetery like without fucking blinking it wouldn't bother me one bit you know what I mean but <laughs> but at the same time like I can't really. I can't necessarily, or, or I don't necessarily have the knowledge to explain feelings that I get. You know, when 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 the chemistry in my brain starts firing off, and it makes my body feel a certain way when I'm in a certain moment, I don't have the explanation for all of that. So I'm not going to pretend to. You know, definitely, man. No, your body tells you things that you don't even realize. It's 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 quite dank in this room. I must oh, say, beautiful, dank, beautiful. We've been. It's beautiful. <laughs> I wish. I, I wish. I, I, I gotta say, I, I wish I could be participating today, but you're gonna have to give me until about October third. So, just, Bro, that's you know, how we wanted to toast with our. That's our, right. Our with our. Degrees, this, this, I, ch- I choose. I choose the drug that's statistically linked to domestic violence, <laughs> early death. Disease, you know, like this is my drug of choice, everyone. Wow. This, this is what I use. This is what I'm allowed to use. Thank you. Really, really Thank nice. you. Oh, yeah. Really, really nice. So, yeah, man. So, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, man, working at the cemetery, it's it's not a bad gig because we know uh, we like to use the line about um, insurance. You know, like you, we all have insurance. We all have either car insurance, home insurance, renter's insurance, life insurance, what have you. Something that that's going to protect you from something that could happen. You could get in a car accident. You could have a fire in your house. You could, you know, potentially get hurt and, yeah. and need to use your health insurance. But the one thing that you're you're going to be insured on when you come to, like, where I am is the fact that in future generations, you've locked in a price for your space in our fucking cemetery so that inflation won't fucking affect you. And you know that everybody you're going to pass at some point. So it's like a life, it's like an insurance policy you're going to use that gets better time well, and then, anyway. And then your fa- and then your and then your family doesn't have to dick around with that shit if you just like suddenly fucking if you suddenly get waxed like on the fucking freeway. You know what I mean? Your right. your family, you know, he was he was only 35. He had so much left to, you know, it's like yeah, no shit. He was only 35. <laughs> you know, like yeah, but you know what? Like but you know what? Like but now but now your family doesn't have to do the fucking like find the fucking hole you get fucking put in part, you know what I mean? Like so you know, not not to sound crude about it, but that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean I mean the truth is the truth, you know? Yeah, no, that is. It's it's a difficult position though because when you do deal with families who don't prearrange and someone something oh, happens, yeah. they're hit with the cost of, of what it is. So you figure somebody who's actually prearranged and gone through everything, they have their their space, their casket, their vault, their memorial, their marker, if you will, or their stone and shit. Uh, we we don't have uprights. We just have flat ones with flat bronzes on them. They're kind of elegant. Keeps the landscaping looking nice. But um, all those four things there, and plus all the other fees included, because there are some other fees. We don't like to show them as hidden either. We'll tell you what they are. But, um, yeah, it, it gets costly. Versus, like, someone who did it in the 70s, it could have cost maybe 
two grand to bury someone. Now it could be anywhere from just at a cemetery standpoint, ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars. You got to deal well, with that. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of people are moving eight thousand, ten thousand dollars. How much would it cost to just donate my ass to a pack of fucking necrophiliacs? You can donate your body to science. <laughs> no, no, just necrophiliacs. Just necrophiliacs. <laughs> Web for that. I'm trying. I'm trying to bring joy to people's lives. <laughs> so, Jesus <laughs> Christ! That's, that's a hell of a joy. way to do it. After hey, that, it's, it's something that can be, you know, productive. I want after I'm gone. I'll be planted as a tree. <laughs> when I'm gone, well, people will still make use of it. <laughs> well, Joe, 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 hasn't there been kind of an uptick in in uh, cremations lately because of because of like associated costs? Like, oh yeah, man, cremation is a very popular form of a burial these days because it's is it cheaper? It's slightly cheaper. It's uh, it's more convenient for families that are grieving. Mm. They can hang on to the ashes and whatnot for a longer period of time, and when they're it's ready, they person. can, you know, um, the spreader than whatnot. You know, yeah, yeah, you can honor someone's wishes by placing them wherever they want, hopefully, uh, laws permitting. It's it's illegal mm -hmm. to just dump ashes on property somewhere without permission and shit, so you gotta be careful with all that and make sure your your localities have, like, <laughs> the right laws or whatever, you get the right shit to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, cremation's become exceedingly popular, especially in the past, like, 50 years alone. It's grown in, like, I think... 20, 40, 50 percent somewhere in those. I don't even know. It's it's just ridiculous. I'm reading a book about it on how to do like cemetery pre need sales, and from the 50s to the 90s, it had grown exponentially. Um, That's pretty sick. So did the, but the, what's decreased is the sale in amount of plots and stuff too, because then you know the amount of families that are separating and whatnot now are, are more than ever. Uh, you know that's that that, see, that makes know, sense. Father and father and wife, and then two and a half. Well, it would be cheaper to fucking buy like multiple plots at once rather than just one. No. Really, it's just the same price regardless. And we're well, <laughs> We're not talking about where I work, but no. I'm just saying you can get a second right, which allows you to put someone else in the same space. So, like, if you're buried there and then someone's cremated, like your wife or whatever, they can put you in the same space with her or vice versa. So, like, that's a thing that can happen. And that's at half the price of the space to do that. So instead of paying full price for someone to go next to you who's only taking up a little space, you can pay half of it and have them put on top. That's yeah, not that that's actually pretty pretty thing, but I mean, it's in a lot of places. Um, the other shit, though, like, I know Jay's, Jay's a little off camp right now, but uh, just to go into it, like, helping families and what he was asking about earlier, mm -hmm. you know, it... It's it's a little stressful. It it's a, a little rewarding because you're comforting them in their time of need. You're making sure that they they're getting yeah, exactly. what they believe or what they want. You know, I don't want to say what they believe anymore. You know, I try to, to to go about this in the most honest and transparent way possible, so families understand. Well, you, you have to, yeah. Yeah, well, there you know, there's people out there. They're very sneaky, and, and funeral homes and, and cemeteries have been caught lying and trying to manipulate people for more money because we're all commission based mostly. I don't give a shit about my commission because I have, you know, entitlements through other things. So, like, well, yeah. you know, like my commission doesn't matter. But it is kind of stressful to help families that are grieving, especially immediately when they don't have those pre-arrangements. It can be, um, it can be hard because they're so emotionally charged and driven, and they don't understand like everything they're getting. They just know that they have to do this and it has to happen now and all this shit. So my advice to anybody who's dealing with a sudden death in their family is to like don't rush it. 
take your time and um, you know there's always family and there's always support out there reach out to your pastors if you're if you're that type of person reach out to family reach out to friends ask people who've gone through it before um, if you feel like the the cemetery or the funeral home you're talking to is trying to swindle you do not sign anything make sure you understand what you're signing because i'm telling you i've replaced the guy who was doing some illegal shit and i can't tell you names and i can't say what but he was doing some illegal shit so they got him out you right know, it's not well, fair to well, the family so i think a lot of this too i think a lot of this too joe speaks very very heavily on you know especially if you're if you're i want to say even mid 20s but it's kind of hard to expect people to be maybe that forward thinking in the mid twenties. But if you think, if you hit your thirties and you don't have a living will, you don't have something on a piece of paper stating your wishes that if you suddenly, you know, bite the bullet, yeah. it's yeah. over, yeah. it's over tomorrow. You need to have something written down for like what you want and what your wishes are, because that's where a lot of these families get into these big bickering contests. And oh. that's where like, Somebody gets saddled with somebody gets saddled with like fifty thousand dollars of debt because somebody didn't have what what do you need to do after I pass away if I if I die today mm-hmm. what you know here here's instructions for like everything and if you don't if you're not doing that for your family after like I'd say after especially if you turn thirty you're doing everybody a disservice because if you croak tomorrow they're not gonna know what the fuck to do they're not gonna know what the fuck yeah, you uh, wanted. Uh, you're just fucking an anomaly at that point. That is, you're you're, 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 a, you're, you're, a, you're a memory, but every you're a memory, but everybody's everybody else is picking up the freaking pieces. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. You know, so do do your family do your families a favor and, and write up write up a living will. You know, it's it's called a living will, which means it's, it's a will that you wrote when you were still alive, basically. Like this is your wishes. It's your last will, yeah. It's your last will. That so many people get confused by what they have to do about that. You don't need to go to a lawyer to have a living no, will. No, absolutely not. If you talk not. to you like a, at a cemetery, they have paperwork that they, you most likely can just use and take to a, a notary public and have them witness and seal it. And yep. that's your word. You five, six hours it. for the stamp and a signature, you know? You can do the same thing with a That's actually real good that's to know because... Actually, good advice, Jay. I appreciate that because I documented. You could do it through your email, like send it from you to another person. Make sure there's multiple copies so it's there, stamped, dated. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Technology. And and like, and like I was just saying, I I appreciate that advice from Jay because I should actually probably start working on mine too. You know. Well, it's it's, it's one of the, yeah, you're right, John, and that's one of the, that's one of those things that a lot of people don't think about. I remember. Before I before I went to Afghanistan uh, on my first deployment, that's like we had to make a living will. That was part of the now. See now now again at the time I was I was thirty years I was already thirty years old. So for me it was like no big deal. I I wrote down what I wanted in there and everything was fine. You got to imagine some of the guys were like you know eighteen nineteen twenty years old. Yeah, doing, doing, they don't doing know what the fuck they're gonna be. This is guy thinking my, about like yeah, yeah, these yeah, guys. Yes, five stays with me. This guy, dude, these guys, these guys should have been. These guys should have been pulling bongs, pulling bongs, and doing coke off strippers' asses in college, and they're going to Afghanistan writing a fucking will. You know what I mean? Like, they should have been doing so many other things in their life, but now they're they're twenty years old writing a fucking will. You know what I mean? Like, in case they don't come back. You know, that's that's a reality though. That is a reality of the job. You know, and it's no different when, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter who you are or what your job is. Every time you put pull your car onto like the interstate. You're taking a chance. Every time you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, 
that could be the last day. There is no guarantee about any of this shit. But the idea is to look past that and be happy that you at least woke the fuck up today because Jesus Christ, some people, oh, of course. Some people did, man. Six, six feet above is always going to be better than six feet below until somebody freaking convinces absolutely. me otherwise. Until right. somebody convinces me otherwise, like I have absolutely no reason to not want to live as long as humanly possible. You know what I mean? And just have a lot of fucking fun. You know what I mean? Because life is a lot of fun. I mean, that's why, like, I, I hear a lot of people say the same shit. We're like, oh, life is this and life, like, it's terrible and shit. Like, great tragedy. Dude, for me, life is exactly what you make of it. Like, if you're not doing anything with it, of course it's going to be miserable. Of course it's going to fucking suck. Of course it's yeah. going to be eaten. Because you're not doing anything with it. You're it's wasting like, it. It's well, it's like, it's like, Dude, yeah. It's like we were talking about earlier, like, I grew, up, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. It's not the worst place in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not the worst place. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. It's set in, in the middle of a very picturesque desert, you know, in Arizona. But after being there 25 of my first 29 years, like, I needed something else. Yeah. Yeah. I was spinning my tires. So, like, it was time to move on. You know what I mean? And it, other, other, otherwise, otherwise, I would have turned into that miserable fucking bastard that just hates hates fucking life and everything exactly. everything fucking everything fucking sucks and there's that one fucking the bane of everyone's existence regret i hate that so much you'll regret having to feel regret for me is like that's, oh, that's the, the word i don't do feeling yeah that's i don't do regret feeling. i don't do regret that's exactly that's exactly why, why i hate it so much like that's why that's, like that, that's exactly why i jump head first into the deep end every time because i'm just like fuck it like Life is too fucking short, man. I've already seen it too many times. Like, I don't have t I don't have I don't have time to fuck around. Like, you know, like there we all have seasons in life where we might not feel the best, we might not be at our best, exactly. whatever. Those seasons come and those seasons go. There's also seasons where like everything is fucking amazing. Every day is a goddamn adventure. Life is fun. You remember you remembered you remember what it was like to be a fucking kid for a minute again. You know what I mean? Remember that like that, like you, when you remember. Oh, when you can hit when you can hit a, a when you can hit a point in adulthood where even for a fucking day even for a single day you remember what it was like to be a kid there is no comparison to that that freedom like that's here like the the book the book I was fucking going to going to fucking plug god damn it <laughs> right there freedom fucking freedom you know like it, it's that's freedom that's true freedom you know like that's actual freedom you know like that's that's what freedom really actually is is being able to live your life in such a way that you are fucking happy. Exactly. Finding that happiness. Finding who's, that thing that makes you happy. Who's the author of that of that of that book, Jay? <laughs> Say again, dude. Who's the author? The author of that book is, is Sebastian. It, it's pronounced younger, but it, it's it's spelled with a J. So it's J-U-N-G-E-R. But it's Sebastian Younger. And he was he was the author of a book called War, which is a which was a companion piece to uh, the documentaries uh, Restrepo and Korngal. Uh Him and his his uh, partner Tim uh, Hetherington uh, did Restrepo and all that. So, but he 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 wrote a book called War, which is a companion piece to that. He wrote a follow up book to War called Tribe, which came out a few years ago, which I highly recommend uh, to anybody. But this this book Freedom um, is the bookend. It's basically it's a it's the bookend to the trilogy basically that started with War, and. It's a very, very interesting book. Um, it's hard to describe because he—I don't want to say he bounces around because his his thoughts are very free, free flowing, but they they're they're very categorized. And so he'll he'll tell a story, 
and then he'll move on to like the next piece. But it, it they kind of flow into each other if it makes sense. Uh -huh. So he talks in this book about what the the definition of, of freedom actually is. Mm. And he talks about how like if you want to just go camp in the wilderness, you can camp in the wilderness, but you're camping at the expense of you need to make sure nothing's going to attack you at night. And where's your next food? You know, your, your meal coming from fresh water. So you're giving up, you have a lot more freedom, but you're giving up safety and security. Sure. And then on the, on the extreme opposite end, we have like, let's say our lives right now, we live in basically suburbia, right? We live in, you know, middle-class, middle-class America. I have air conditioning in the summer. I have heat in the winter. I have to go to the grocery store to get my food. But that that safety and security comes at a big price of the overall freedom. Mm -hmm. So if the grocery store closed down, you know, I wouldn't have nowhere to go get food. I don't know how to I don't know how to hunt. I don't know how to uh, take meat off of animals. I don't know how to tan hides. You know, to make, just have a knife and start fucking going to town, dude. Just right. Ask. So you so so there's so there's that there's that there's that there's the the two opposite extremes. You can be completely on your own. And have all the freedom in the world to do literally whatever the fuck you want, but it comes at a great cost of safety and security. Or you can have all the safety and security in the world, but it comes at great cost for your actual personal freedom. I don't, I don't, I don't get to do whatever the fuck I want because I live in a neighborhood, and if I walk out on my front porch right now and blast off like five rounds from a forty-five, the cops are gonna get fucking called. That's not freedom. It would be that's fucking cool though. There, it would be fucking cool, but that, but there's but there's fucking rules here, right? Like that's not. That's not, that's not yeah. true, right? Like that's like uh, I can't just I can't just go do whatever the fuck I want here because obviously I'd fucking get thrown in jail. That's yeah. so that's that that is a so he talks about that in this book and he tells us there's a running story throughout the book where him and two or three of his two, at most it's three and at times it gets down to two but him and like a few of his friends started walking the railroads out east at in Pennsylvania actually like in your your neck of the woods Joe. Um, and the Appalachians and stuff like that. And part of this book is about the fact that, like, first off, you're not even supposed to walk the rail lines. It's illegal. To, like, I want to make that known on this podcast. It is illegal to walk rail lines. You're not allowed to do that. Like, so don't, if you're watching this podcast, don't get any bright ideas because you will get the cops called on you and you'll be, the the, the railroad infrastructure in our country is yeah, very heavily protected. With, don't so, fuck like, with it. Seriously. Police looks like the MPs almost, man. Like, they're, they're yes, serious. They will, Engineers, yeah, engin engineers on rail lines will call. Will if they see like a group of people like too close to the rails, like they will call you in, and you will get. So, and they talk about that in that book where they had to like run and hide, and they were sleeping outside every night, you know, while they're they're basically just living like homeless people is what they were doing. And but he but he did that kind of as a cathartic exercise. Like uh, the guy that he made Restrepo with uh, Tim uh, Weatherington. Um, God damn it! Hang on a second. I want to make sure I'm getting this guy's name right. Yeah. I apologize. Um, the guy the he did the what the fuck was his name? Tim he Hetherington. I'm sorry, Hetherington. So Tim Hetherington, that the guy that he made Restrepo with, uh, actually passed away in 2011 uh, in in uh, in Syria. So when the Syrian civil war kicked off, Tim Hetherington uh, got killed uh, during as he as he was reporting and covering. The Syrian civil war. He was actually hit and got killed. Um, so this yeah. is a few years after that, and he, him, and a few of, of his other friends um, are basically just living like homeless people and just really discovering America and what freedom means. And 
And this book was a, a book. It, this book is a bookend to War and Tribe, his other two books, basically that deal with, you know, war and and the veteran community and a lot of stuff. And I thought it was really, especially this week, I thought it was very um, astute almost that I kind of dove into this book specifically this week with everything that's been happening in in, uh, in Afghanistan. We yeah. talked uh, on last week's podcast. The the big talk was the people falling off the planes, you know, trying to escape. Oh, and then this and then this week we had we had the the suicide attacks at uh at Kabul International Airport and we lost uh we lost uh a lot of marines and we lost a navy corpsman and we lost a US army soldier uh in that attack. And it's one of those things where um I I put it up on my Facebook but I posted a picture on my Facebook of their of their caskets in the back of the the Air Force Air Force plane, basically yeah. getting ready to come home. And I said on my Facebook post, like this is the final cost of serving serving in the military. You know that is the final cost. Like you smoked your last cigarette, you drank your last beer, you had your last laugh. When that happens, it's always final. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the army, depending on how long you stay in, it might not seem like it happens very often at all and other times it seems like it happens all the time you know where you're just you you start getting almost used to it if that makes sense which is a terrible thing to get used to but you get used to hearing about people you people you know passing away yeah and you know it's one of those things where the, the the cost gets magnified at the end just like the cost was magnified at the beginning when when the war initially kicked off yeah. You know, the cost was magnified at the beginning and the cost is magnified again at the end. You know, these are some of the final people that will probably lose their lives in Afghanistan from our country, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, at least, you know, after we after we finally pull everyone out, and everybody's gone. Those are going to be some of the final soldiers that that perish uh, in this in, in the war in Afghanistan, you know, for a while. And it really kind of shines a light on how I guess uh, jaded we get and how cynical we get and how when the news is the same every day for 20 years, you almost forget, you almost forget that you're even in a war, you know? Yeah. Is what it you is. Know? I mean, I went there, I went there, I went to Afghanistan the first time in June of 2011 and I came home in June of 2012. Uh, I went again in 2016 to Kandahar and I went to Helmand, uh, Helmand province in 2018 and every time I went, you know, it was, there's people that know me in my personal life, obviously. And that, you know, like on my, my Facebook, you know, my social media feed yeah. outside of that, it was, we were ghosts. We were just, we were doing our, we were doing our jobs and we did a very good job of what we did, but it was like the re for the rest of the world, the world just keeps moving along and the world keeps turning for the for the people of, Af of Afghanistan for the last 40 years, they've had foreign foreign occupation starting with the soviet union you know when the soviets pulled out they had a big civil war the taliban kind of came on top came out on top you still have the northern alliance september 11th happened a few years after that and then we've been there for the last 20 years and now that and now that we're leaving the northern alliance is getting is trying to like reform and come back so we're looking at another possible civil war and even this attack uh at the airport this week was not by the taliban or the northern alliance it was by fucking isis k which is a third, a different, a completely different fucking group. So it's like, imagine, imagine living in Afghanistan. Like we talk about our lives here in the United States. Imagine living in Afghanistan for the last 40 years. 
I, I mean, I, I turned, I turned 40 in January. I was a baby. I was a baby almost two years after Afghanistan was invaded by the Soviet union. Yeah. And I'm 40. So like that, that, that country, that area of the world, you know, has been at constant odds, you know, my entire lifetime. And I've been, I've, I've spent two and a half years that of my life there. puts a lot into perspective. perspective. Yeah, that's, that's crazy how long it's been. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been, I've spent, two, I've spent, yeah, I've spent that. literally two and a half years of my life there. I've lived in Afghanistan for two and a half years of my life. And there's that, that's a fucking fly on the wall. That's a, that's a, that's a drop in the ocean of actually living there, like being an Afghan. You know what I mean? Like, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. Given all the being said on this, I mean, we've been in there for 20 years training them, trying to get them built up so they can defend themselves. And I only have one thing to say about the entire situation at this point, aside from the pullout, because we all know that was a fucking botched boobar fuck up, uh, is that those who sacrifice security for freedom deserve neither. Yeah, they literally put just they just laid down. They said that's you know what? Never mind. Sure, let it happen. You know, president ran off to wherever the hell he ran off to in of Afghanistan. He ran off, like took all the money with him, all the gold and shit. Like he's just gone, dude. It 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 was bound to happen no matter what. If we would have done it the right way and pulled all of Americans out, civilians out, and everything first to help our allies get their people out, and then withdrew the military, then. I, I still feel like this would have happened. We would have been hearing about, oh, the Taliban took over because China's in their ear. And I'm not trying to get all political here, but, you know, basically China, oh, China, China. Wanted what they wanted over there. Oh, China. Russia, I can't fucking believe what's happening in, in, in the world. But, you know, we're just over here smoking weed, drinking beer, trying to feel like, you know, nothing. We're, we're, we're you abusing our... Yeah, we def- we're definitely fucking coddled at this point. Our freedom. Well, well and I, is we have I do, I do want to. I, I do want to interject just, just slightly that the, the, uh, the son, the son of the former leader of the Northern Alliance. This is pre nine eleven, and this man is considered a national hero in Afghanistan. His, his, his name is Masood. His son has reformed the Northern Alliance, and there are Afghans that are willing to fight for their country. So there are, and, and they, they did like a call across the country, like come come to the province of Panjir and fight, basically. Hmm. Like there are people there willing to fight for their country. Good. It's, you know, it, it's one of the, it's, and a lot of those guys that laid down their arms, it was, it was not much different than in 2014 when we, when we saw the rise of ISIS in, our, in Iraq. A lot of people don't have the fortitude, the intestinal fortitude to fight. So they, they, lay, they lay the weapons down and they, they save their skin for another day. That is an evolutionary trait, believe it or not. Like, and actually, like the book I the book I was talking about, it discusses aspects of that, where like you will have tribes of people who are willing to do whatever it takes, and it's like it's a tribal mentality. Like, we will we will die to the last man. That's a tribal mentality. Or we will we will run and we'll hide and we'll do whatever and we'll live to fight another day. That's another tribal mentality. That'd be let's say the Taliban, right? Like. We, we, we will hide and we stay low. We know we can't do anything to them while they're here, so we'll just fucking hit them here, hit them there, and fucking hide out for fucking 20 years. That's a tribal mentality. Like but it's Hydra. also like... Like, like Hydra, Hydra, yeah. Like, like, fucking, one head like Hydra. Head. That's right. And so it's it's one of those things where the, there was never going to be... There was never going to be an easy solution to this... To the Afghanistan problem, I don't think. But like, but like you're saying, too, like... Who, who's to say what's going to happen in the next few years? You know what I mean? Like when, when we, when we were there, 
I, I liken it to uh, if I came to your house and I went in your backyard and just started like cooking meat and doing whatever the fuck I wanted, and like maybe your dog starts yapping at me, so I like I. So like maybe I kick the shit. I kick the shit out of you. Rib, bro. I'm happy. I'm yeah, that's usually how I'm about it. Like, you gonna break me off a piece of that, bro? Like, if you're gonna cook, yeah, but like I'm in your backyard. So like I'm in your backyard, and your dog starts yapping at me. So I kick the shit out of your dog. Oh no! And then oh hold on, hold on. Who's gonna shoot? Who's gonna shoot me? I'm I've been in your backyard for 20 years. I've been in your backyard for 20 years. Who's gonna shoot me? That's true. Who's gonna kick the shit out of me? I'm doing what the fuck I want in your backyard. You ain't fucking doing shit. Like, you ain't doing shit to me. Like nobody's doing shit to me. I do whatever the fuck I want in your fucking backyard for you 20 years. This is what America's doing to Afghanistan for, for 20 years. For 20 years. Oh, by the way, by the, uh, a, a, uh, my mom just called, so I gotta go right now. I gotta go right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you in your shitty backyard. And fucking, I'm gonna go home because my mom called me in. But just, just, just so you, but, but just so you know, but just so you know, just so you know, and this is a, this is a warning. This is a warning to everybody on this block. I just came here for 20 years and did whatever the fuck I wanted. Fuck off. Like I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Can do it again. So that's foreign, that's foreign policy. That's foreign policy. Like there's there's a statement there's a statement to be made that like we can go to we can go to Vietnam and do whatever the fuck we want for 10 years. And you can say we lost the war all fucking day. But guess what? We did whatever the fuck we wanted for 10 years. Oh, Afghanistan, Iraq. We went there for fucking 20 years. And we did whatever the fuck we wanted. And nobody stopped us. That is a statement to the world. Like, if you want some, dude, like, we got it. We go on, we go on patrol looking for trouble. It's like, the, it's like a giant game of fuck around and find out. Like, we go on, on patrol just to try to get into a fight. Like, motherfucker, like, bring it. We're asking for it. Like, if you got something, bring it, mother. Especially China. Fuck you, China. <laughs> Fuck you, Winnie the Pooh-looking motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Fucking Putin. Fuck Russia too, you little bitch. I got something for that ass, dude. I got something for that ass. So I stack bodies. I stack body like fucking cordwood, homie. I use, use that shit like fucking sandbags. I don't give a fuck, dude. So, so we don't give a fuck, dude. Like you guys didn't do shit, man. It's all behind this. It, it really is. So okay, so we this was this has been a really fun episode. But before we get to our final thought, we do need we do need to talk about something before you before we get to the final thought. We got to know who you guys are. We got a we nice got taste of what you guys bring to the table, table. but what, what is the late brunch? It is whatever our little hearts desire, to be perfectly honest with you. We're just here to entertain as much as possible. We're here to talk about daily shit, you know, the things that are relative, but, you know, entertaining. At the same time, we, we everybody critiques. Everybody has an opinion. And we, we kind of give, not just ourselves, but we give anyone who would want to, uh, you know, the platform to actually come on and really just speak the fuck up. Like, doesn't matter what the hell it is about, honestly. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to our topics of discussions. When we get into a show, it's basically just whatever conversations we probably would be having no matter what anyway. So then it just turns into... Yes, yeah, some it could be entertainment for anyone else. Some of it is, you know, borderline chaotic. A lot of it is, you know, we we definitely we definitely tiptoe across some some barriers and shit. But it, it's all it's it's all for entertainment purposes. Like I I definitely want to make sure that that's put out there. Like 
everything we do say and do on our podcast is, is all opinion based. Like everybody has a fucking opinion. Yeah. So that's the purpose of it is we have an opinion and we have the right to fucking express it. So we're going to do that. And if anybody else feels exactly the same, come on. Come on down. <laughs> come on. We expect some big guests uh, coming in the near future in some future episodes. Absolutely. Um, we'll be dropping teasers throughout the next few weeks, uh, clips of the the visit here to Pennsylvania, uh, some things that were recorded prior even. And then, of course, we, we have more shenanigans we intend to go through today uh, while everyone's still here. So uh, a lot more pictures, maybe uh, some stuff going up on the social media pages, Instagram. <laughs> And so you have you you just debuted your first episode yesterday. What can we expect for new listeners who have never listened to this before? What what what's going on? I mean, like we said, it's very open ended. We 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 kind of get into the topic of like what's going down today, like now. Gaming. Basically, like with gaming trends, fucking um, pretty much just stupid shit that we'll find on the goddamn internet. That's what we got our yeah. our handy dandy whiteboard. That's that's our that's our new friend. Uh, I'm oh, actually yeah. very excited it's about the whiteboard. Wonderful. Actually, thanks to John and <laughs> Clean Sanchez Productions for you know holding down the whiteboard work. <laughs> it's, it's it's good clean, shit, man. And, uh, I, lo- I love how it's clean, Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> clean, Sanchez. Not a dirty We've Sanchez. It's clean. Gotten a good amount of feedback as far as like the layout. Um, like it's very unique. It's a really unique layout, and you know I'm really happy with the turnout. We were all really satisfied with the turnout. We were able to. I was surprised that we were able to adapt the layout like in a way that you know we can accommodate all of us together, which was great. So. I mean, I'm, I just look forward to you know, what this can turn into. I know, I know, we can do a lot more. Uh, we've got Twitch, which we're going to be, you know, actually streaming some gaming through that. Um, we're on Instagram. We're uh, Spotify, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're on it. Uh, uh, we yeah, have a we WordPress site that's always in development, but I mean, it's it's something, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, merch is in the works. Uh, the design work is fucking, it's cranking. So we're gonna get on top of that as soon as possible. Even if it's just stickers or whatever the fuck we could get out there, it doesn't matter what it is. You want condoms? You want fucking? You want, like, oh, yeah, glow in the dark condoms. Yeah, we get glow in the dark condoms. Yo, tissues. fuck yeah. I remember seeing a porn. I remember seeing a porn when I was a kid. I was like in the fucking 90s. And they had like glow in the dark condoms. And like it was like these two dudes like got into a fight. And all you saw was like the glow in the dark. Oh, like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just of the show, it's it's really open ended. It's just right to the fucking. It's right to the brink of as far as I guess we can take it, depending on the platform. There's possibly some raunch going on with it. You know, you never know if we're talking about. Uh, yeah, we actually got something really big planned out in our uh, in our first episode. We had John demolish a fucking a triple stacked uh, a double. It was three double cheeseburgers from Burger King, but he yeah. cut a couple of the bun fun pieces out. So okay. had Who did? Pieces John? Up. John did that? Yeah, yeah. John. Was, the video's up on YouTube now. Fries, uh, nuggets, uh, soda, and the fucking burger. John, why would you do that to yourself? Well, to protect his ass. 
he hasn't shit right in like since then. But there was a bet that he could do it. How do you even know that? <laughs> I know more like come on bro we're we're you feel me in your mind dude like just fucking penetrating I haven't shit I haven't I haven't shit since being here this is why on the show the glory hole is on that side <laughs> right right body that's why but right uh, yeah there's a little rawness to our show now don't get don't get it too twisted we yes we keep it real but we're also we're also not afraid to speak our minds oh absolutely so fucking not. so um a lot of things going on but basically john john was betting he was betting me geo's mom has a john clayda yeah. which is a, a flip-flop so we're gonna possibly have a bit where I was gonna get hit with a chanclade or beat by one or two Latina mothers to you know go through the effect of what they went through as children. Exactly. And now I mean I've, I've also seen, I, I've also seen that porn. But uh, <laughs> but uh, John, John to see if he could if he if he ate all this food. Uh, you know, if, if, I well, if he be... couldn't eat all the food, he would take Joe's place yeah. in the in the flip flop ass whoopings. I still lost. So John completed <laughs> seven, so Joe still has to get the ass whooping. But my God, I'm the real winner because this poor dude hasn't shit in like four days. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's I don't. Bad. First off, first off, because we have we have to get to the final to the final thought. I don't even know how you even assume that or or know that at the same time. Two, I haven't even taken a shit since I've been here. Especially almost yesterday since... I, ha I haven't taken a shit since being here. And, like, yesterday, my kid... One of my kids took a dump and, like, in the bathroom and left a fucking mess in there. And I had to clean the whole thing. It was so... I was in that bathroom for, like, maybe 15... I cleaned... I had to clean your bathroom because my son... One of my, one of my kids... I'm, assu I'm assuming it was Jonah took this wild <laughs> shit and the whole bowl was fucking like it, it looked like there was peanut butter spread on the, on the bowl like Kit Kats you got two more you got to worry about so get ready get the gloves the Windex Clorox wipes guys we are guys we are we are here at the end of the show oh wait i forgot i have to deep throat this thing so guys we're here at the end of the show uh jay who did it last week you did actually oh shit oh yeah so i'll yeah i'll i'll hop on real quick give me one second all right so Every week we talk about making phone calls. We've talked about it on this episode, you know, answering your phone if somebody's calling you. Um, always want to encourage people if you're feeling a certain way, don't be afraid to reach out to your friends, your family, your loved ones. Call the call the National Suicide Hotline if you need to. Absolutely. It's 1-800-273-TALK. Okay, 1-800-273-TALK. Um, and since we... We kind of broached the topic um, earlier. Uh, for today's final thought, I would just like to send a shout out to a few people um, that lost their lives earlier this week at Kabul International Airport. Okay, so absolutely one at a, one at a time. We have uh, Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Noss, 
23, Corrington, Tennessee. He was from the United States Army. We have hospitalman Maxton W. Soviak. He was 22 from Berlin Heights, Ohio. He was from the United States Navy. We have Corporal David L. Espinoza. He was 20. He was from Rio Bravo, Texas. Sergeant Nicole L. G. She was 23, Sacramento, California. She was Marine Corps, and so was uh, so was Lance Corporal uh, Espinoza. They're both in the Marine Corps. Uh, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover. He was 31, Salt Lake City, Utah. Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22, of Indio, California, United States Marine Corps. Lance Corporal Riley J. McCollum, 20, from Jackson, Wyoming, United States Marine Corps. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, 20, of Rancho Cucamonga, California, United States Marine Corps. Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nikui, 20, of Norco, California, United States Marine Corps. Corporal Dagan W. Page, Omaha, Nebraska, 23 years old, United States Marine Corps. Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pichardo, he was 25 from Lawrence, Massachusetts, United States Marine Corps. Corporal Humberto A. Sanchez, 22 years old, Logansport, Indiana, United States Marine Corps. And Lance Corporal Jared M. Schmitz, he was 20 years old. He was from St. Charles, Missouri, United States Marine Corps. So I hope uh, you ladies and gentlemen enjoy your trip to the stars, and we appreciate everything you did. Your deaths were absolutely not in vain. So thank you for everything you've done. For anybody out there that's feeling a certain way, don't be afraid to reach out. Call your friends, call your family, call your loved ones. If you are on the other end of that, if you receive a phone call at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning randomly, don't get pissed off that your sleep got interrupted. Look at who's calling you, pick up the phone, and answer it. All right, love on each other, and... uh, be uh, be good human beings this week. We will uh, we'll see you guys next time. Jill, Jill, Jill thank you Jill, guys thank so you much. Guys. Thank you, thank you guys.